Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of the mad scientist and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it again. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And this week's show is sponsored by Blazon. Blazon is a sponsor for the South Carolina section taking place 30 April through 2 May at Belton, South Carolina. So Blazon is actually the official shirt sponsor for the match. So everybody, please head on over to Blazon. Their website is www.weareblazon.com and see what all they have to offer for your print apparel needs. As we already stated, the South Carolina section is taking place 30 April through 2 May. Registration is now open. So head on over to practice score, go ahead and sign up. And actually when you do sign up, the match shirts and hats are supplied by Blazon. So you can knock out two birds with one stone and even, you know, write them a letter and tell them thank you also for that. In the same breath, we have a GoFundMe campaign. So later on in the show, you will hear the commercials talking about we are making a professional movie and the free firearms training. We want to make the firearms training free for everybody by other people who are already in the gun community donating for people who are first-time gun um, buyers or for those who never receive any type of training. So this is a nationwide push, whereas if somebody lives in a different state like Michigan and if somebody was to contact me and say, hey, we want to go ahead and um, participate in the free training, we will link up with the instructor there and do the arrangements to make sure the person qualifies and make it work. So I want to go ahead and make it full circle like we did for the law enforcement officers as well. So head on over to GoFundMe and the GoFundMe campaign. One is we are making a professional movie and the other one is free firearms training. So please do what you can help us out a little bit to make this effort work. All right. So now without further ado, want to bring in the co-host of the show or one of the co-hosts of the show. This person is the one I call the co-hostess of the mostest, the man who actually turns the wrench, who understands the tools, the person that always bells me out when I start sweating bullets because I don't understand the dynamics of what is going on with the firearm in my time of peril. So this guy is the man with the plan, the mad scientist himself, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's up, Mike? Not too much, man. Glad to be back. Sorry it um, took me a bit this week. This week's been crazy. No, man, like I said, it, it happens to all of us, you know. Ain't no reason for me to get upset because you busy. You know what I'm saying? I, I just sit back now. and start looking at everybody. <laughs> like, okay, you busy. I'm not. Okay, okay I'll just wait. <laughs> when, oh, I'll get to retire one day. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'll sit on the <laughs> front porch and yell at kids. <laughs> well, actually, the kids in my neighborhood, whenever they see me, 
it's always, hey, come play basketball with us or throw the football with us or, hey, Mr. Mike, can we talk to you? We need some knowledge. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's this kid in my neighborhood that rides around on a dirt bike. He might be like 10 years old. I don't know. He just, I guess he doesn't have anything else to do. He's riding around his dirt bike, which is great. I mean, it's better than him sitting sitting in his room playing video games all day. But I try to avoid him if at all possible when I'm outside and I see him because I know he's going to stop and want to talk to me for like half an hour when yeah. I'm trying to get stuff done. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to talk to him though. But uh, Yeah, the only people I try to avoid in my neighborhood are my direct neighbors. When they yeah. see me, oh, that is a 30 to 45 minute conversation when it's the most inconvenient time oh, I know. for me. It, to hold it's not bad. I mean, I love talking to the neighbors, but, but when I'm trying to get something done or I'm on the way out or, yeah, it's just inconvenient timing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, the only time it seems like every time I got to be somewhere at a certain time, that's the only time they're outside. Hey, Mike, let me talk to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. We can talk for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but outside of that, man, um, what's, what's new with you, you know, cause you did have a busy week. So mm-hmm. what's new you did. With you, um, well, hope, hoping things are going to slow down a little bit now. Mm-hmm. But, um, went, made it out to uh, shoot a steel challenge match Saturday, uh, trying to, get a little practice in before the Georgia state steel championship that we've been invited to shoot. Um, that's, is that, that might be taking place in April sometime as well. Um, I can't remember exactly. It's coming up soon. So I wanted to get a little steel practice in. I could tell I haven't shot steel in about six months. Uh, it was a bit rusty there, but made it out Sunday to Belton Gun Club where we're having the uh, SC sectional match and uh, they were they were hosting a classifier only match this weekend so I went out there and uh, met with Todd and shot the match there and uh, had a good time weather was great all weekend finally we have some decent weather we've been putting up with like non-stop rain for a month it seems like so I enjoyed the weekend I'm getting some shooting in again and uh, nice. looking forward to, to doing some more before the state match. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know Mid Carolina is doing an all classifier match, but I don't know if it's this month or next month. Or yeah, I think it it's was even last month. I, I think it's this know. month. I think it's coming up. Um, I think Linda w- was had the same kind of mindset that Todd did. She wanted to get um some or, or offer some classifiers before the uh sectional match in case anybody wanted to you know get classified um so they could shoot the match so i think it's next weekend or or this coming weekend um right. i believe it is the second saturday of the month so yeah. um i'm all mixed up on my days of the week as well <laughs> so like I, I honestly unless i look at a calendar right now i couldn't even tell you where we are in the month have to look at the calendar to get that straight um the other thing was from a conversation you and i had off the mic i think i'm gonna pick up what you did last year which was avoid all the classifier matches uh yeah i did i did last year so um that's what i'm gonna pick up this year and i was looking forward to going to mid carolina shooting that weekly match for a tune-up but when I got word that it was an all classifier match and I'm like, mm, no, I'm gonna set that one out. 
you know, I did not go to a single one last year. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do that this year. <laughs> Considering that the whole primer situation is going to help me out with that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I have some some different uh, goals in mind for this year. And some of that involves shooting classifiers. So so that right. I'm going to I'm going to do some more of that this year was not interested in it last year. I just this year is a little bit different. And I'm going to try to do some some th things a little bit differently this year. Got you. Now, the other co-host, the female of M-W Tactical, she is not with us this week. So since she is not here, she doesn't get the hand clap this time around, but she will get the trombone. We Coach made you B Coach had, B. Yeah, well, Coach B had to go take care of some other things, and she couldn't make it to the studio today which is understandable because life is life and you know how it goes sometimes around. But she will be back next week and she can fill us in on two weeks of events that's going on two with her. It's <laughs> probably more birthdays in there somewhere, I'm sure. It probably is because, you know, Coach B has a big family. I, I thought I had like a large family, but Coach B's family is, is pretty big. You know, so, um, but she's not here this week, but we had a conversation in the middle of the week and it was revolved around primers. And I was like, well, I didn't go shoot the last um, match I was supposed to shoot at mid Carolina because the weather was horrible that day. It was like the day before it was 80 degrees. The next day it was reported. It was going to be like 30 degrees. So I bailed out of that match and sure enough, it was cold. That was last month, I think it was. Was that the Mid-Carolina match? Correct. Oh, that was cold and raining. Yes. So I and was more like, terrible. I want no parts oh, of that. Yeah. I'll shoot in most any conditions, but man, 35 degrees and raining, that's not something I was well, <laughs> interested in. Well, I can't say this. Normally, I'm like, I don't care what the weather is. I will do it. Oh, I don't know. Me, me too. But since I got out of the military, I'm more like, Hold on, I don't have to do that <laughs> no more. <laughs> to do this enough. Yeah, I, I don't really want to do it mind. this week. So I'm just gonna sit at home <laughs> and look at TV and cry about not shooting the match. <laughs> but when we was holding our conversation, she was the one who told me, like, yo, you need to get busy on your practice, you know, because I had told her I wanted to go ahead and dedicate hard time a month out. So by the time the month, I mean, the match comes up, I'll be good. And she was like, you're doing Area 6, right? I was like, yeah. And she was like, you know, that's like a couple weeks away. I'm like, no, Area 6 ain't until September. What are you talking about? I go back, look at the calendar. April. I'm like, oh, Lord, April 9th. I, oh, man, I yeah. got to get busy. <laughs> so um, I'm about to go ahead and pick it back up. Three, you four, better. you know, drop fire sessions of the day. I shot two matches this weekend. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm on daddy detail. And <laughs> yeah, so outside of that, yeah, like I said, I just got to go ahead and get ready for um, upcoming matches. And uh, actually, when we go into after this next commercial break that we're going to go into, we're going to pick up the conversation where we left off at because I told you last week, I think I have what I'm going to do for carry optics for okay. next year. I'm interested yeah. to hear about that. Yeah, and then, you know, at the same time, um, bouncing back and forth on the phone with Rob Pincus and just trying to figure out a time frame where we can get 
our schedules to mesh where we can record, where we can hold that conversation with Rob. But um, after the commercial break, we can talk a little bit about the exercise because this week we did the interview with the personal trainer who was helping me out, you know, get ready for the shooting season this year. So this plan was put thinking the whole COVID scare would be over with right now, but obviously the hoax is still going on, <laughs> you know? So yeah, um, gym's still shut down. Well, no, the gym is not shut down. I'm just saying like how everything across the nation is going. Oh yeah. It's still a mess. So when you look at it, it throws a lot of red flags and questions to me. Now I believe COVID is real. I don't want nobody to think, I don't think COVID is real. I think COVID is real. I just believe what we're hearing over media outlets is inflated more than what it really is. Yeah. People are using it. Um, Oh yeah. So, but I'm a firm believer in anytime there is a said crisis, that is when um, the government tries to capitalize on other agenda topics, Mm -hmm. you know, and one thing that caught my attention when I was listening to the news last week, they made the statement that flu cases are down. Oh, COVID got rid of the flu. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm convinced that the, the, yeah. the COVID virus has destroyed the flu virus. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Man, the, the COVID <laughs> virus is now the flu. It's going to be now hay fever. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> pneumonia. And, and, and Nobody gets the flu you know, anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just called COVID now. Just call it COVID. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so that's why I'm like, hmm, it doesn't sound right to me. It's not adding up. COVID's a good thing. What are you talking about? It got rid of the flu. Yeah, we're going we gonna to run with it, but, you know, they can keep it. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, they can keep it. But let's go ahead and um, dive into this commercial break, and I'll come back and let's um, pick up these talking points before we head into the interview section. So everybody, please go ahead and turn the volume up on your radios and your headphones. If you're in your vehicle, um, make sure your seatbelt is a little bit tighter. Roll the windows up, turn the volume up, and here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com.
What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie and it's gonna be about our day-to-day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting gofundme.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit gofundme.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. people we're back at it again thank you for listening to the commercials and this is a new week and it really just hit me we're into march practically april <laughs> like yeah april's you coming up think about it yeah april is not that far away before you know it we're gonna be like man the summer is upon us mm. and then we're rolling into 2022, you know, so time is really flying, in my opinion. It is. Yeah. So, as we stated last week, I had told you, I think I have a plan of what I'm going to do as far as going into carry optics. All right. This study and research of looking for the red dot that I think will accommodate me is becoming more difficult than I think it is. And the reason why I say that is this. As soon as I've narrowed it down to something I think I would like, I will ask somebody, okay, this is what I'm thinking and this is the direction I'm going. They throw something else at me. And I'm sitting there like, what? Now I'm looking for red dots that already have the plates mounted on them so they can sit lower on the firearm. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to do more research, dive into it legitly. But until then, I was talking to Taryn Butler from Taryn Tactical. Mm-hmm. And we was talking about getting a combat master already prepped up with the red dot on it. Yeah, he does some uh, slide work to uh, yes. mount, mount dots to it. So they sit as low as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that's the way I want to go. But for the beginning, the start of the carry optics journey. So I'm not going to a match and trying to figure it out on the fly. I'd rather have it already be together. And now, because it's already together, now I can already start doing my research, start doing, you know, putting it on the firearm, going out, testing it, shooting it if I like it. Okay, now run with that. You know, so if anything, run the first one. Um, the Terran tactical one for probably about six months, seven months. So is that the combat master from John Wick 2? Well, it'll be a combat master the way it is, but I don't want it to be a Glock 19. That one was a Glock 34? I I would prefer for it to be the 34 or the 17. I think the one from the movie was the 34 or it was the 17 L. I can't remember. And they're similar. I, I, mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, now now I'm gonna go watch the movie. <laughs> Jennifer Seymour had one. Uh, he he made one for her. Um, gotcha. She was on the TTI team uh, when that. It was either John Wick one or two when in the first Combat Master. It was a. I can't remember now. Seventeen out of thirty four. Anyway, yeah, I like so, the movies. I got sidetracked. <laughs> so we was we was talking um the week before last on that. And of course, like when I was talking to my other buddy about it, he was like, dude, that's a crazy plan. And I was like, no, I'm just not wording it right for you to make sense. But I think it's a solid plan in my personal opinion. Why is it a crazy plan? Why See, would, so, what did he say about it? He said he thought it was a crazy plan. So he was more like, why don't you just go ahead and get what you want and work around there? But he's not looking at it from the standpoint of, I know nothing about carry optics right? This is all new to me. So even when I'm looking at something, and like, for instance, when I said it a couple shows back, okay, I think I narrowed it down. I'm looking at this scope. Somebody legitly wrote me and said, why would you go for that scope when you got this scope, this scope, and this scope, and that scope was made for this specific reason? So I had to take that off the drawing block and start all over again. And now- yeah. I'm doing a comparison all over. Well, it's um, it's a solid option going with it with the TTI yeah. gun. It's set up and it's proven platform. Correct. Um, figure yeah. out if you like it or not. You stick with it, or you figure out what you don't like about it, and then you can make an educated decision on on what you'd like to change. Correct. And then even if I don't like that platform, or even if I do find something that works for the Q5 that complements me more. That's the little assistance gun when she decides that she wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But she already stated to me that she wants to learn how to shoot. She didn't say anything about competition. Well, she did say something about competition. And what she said was, are you going to teach me how to shoot? And will I be out there with you doing competition? And I was like, yes. If that's what you want, that's what we're going to do. But I'm not going to make you do it. You have to want to do it. Yeah. And she came back and said, that's what she wanted to do. So I was like, okay, well, you know, me and mommy made a deal. And we got a couple of years left. Yeah. So when that deal date hits, that'll be when we start. But we're still focusing on firearm safety <laughs> right now. I'm excited to get out there and shoot with her. I got I got yeah. some some guns I built for my son when, when he was her age that we, we could start with if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, let's dive into it. I'm going to tell you what really got me excited. It, not the last time I had her, it was the time before. I was sitting there, because, you know, I play this chess game on my phone. And it's yeah. one of the guys that, um, the gym that I go to for jiu-jitsu. And he's an officer here in Columbia. And we go back and forth on chess. <laughs> you know, like I said, I'll win like three or four games. He'll come back and win like four or five games. And then we'll toss it up in the middle every now and then. Like right now, he's beating me in like two games in a row. And when that's I'm laying on the little, couch, second, that's kind of strategic, like jujitsu, huh? Yeah, it is. Chess. It really is. You yeah. think about it. <laughs> so when I'm laying there, you know, my daughter, um, she had just woke up, and she came downstairs, and she was like, "Good morning, Daddy," and I was like, "Good morning." And she said, "What are you doing?" And you know, I, I always joke her about being nosy, so I call her November, November nosy neighbor <laughs> you know and then uh, I was like you are so nosy you know I'm playing chess and then she was like oh okay 
like that. So I was like, come on, let's go upstairs. Let's get ready. You know, do your hygiene. Come on down. We eat breakfast or whatever. Round about lunchtime, she turns around and she was like, can you teach me how to play chess? Right. And I was like, okay. I mean, I got more excited about her asking to learn how to play chess versus her asking to shoot firearms. Oh, well, it's just something that she's shown an interest in and yeah. something that you could teach her. And she's at least asking, you know, yeah. to, to be taught by you and her, her father. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, but I did tell her every female that I taught how to play chess, I was never able to beat them again. You know, so like if I was to teach you how to play chess, we might go back and forth. But by me teaching you, I mean, I, I don't hold nothing back. Like, OK, let me this is my secret move. You know, I don't do anything like that. <laughs> but every guy I taught how to play chess, like I'm able to beat them on a regular basis. But every female who I taught how to play chess, I was never able to beat them after like I taught them like a few games afterward, once they got the, okay, I understand strategy now. So to, 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 I don't, they have a different thought process, I guess, that we don't understand. I've always said that about females. It's something different. Well, you know, of course, you know, females think more emotional than a lot of guys. They're a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. Coach B's not on this week, so I can talk about girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, What's wrong like, with you? <laughs> so, like I said, the, the bottom line is I was just more excited when, as soon as my daughter was like, hey, can you teach me how to play chess? So we actually sat down, and it's it, not like we got any formulated games right now. We just working on how the pieces move. Yeah. You know, and she'll make a move and like, okay, I want to move here. So I'll tell her like, okay, when you move your pieces, you got to make sure they're guarded by another piece. You know, and then she started getting the hang of that. And the then, strategy. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and I was like, okay, she's, she's going to figure this out. She's going to figure this out. But um, it ain't going to be like no grandmaster anything here, you know, coming up shortly or anything like that. But like I said, overall, I was just happy that she was like, okay, I want to go ahead and learn chess. Showing interest in something that, that you're interested in, something that you were doing. It oh, is a great feeling. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say I do get enjoyment off of coloring the color of book also. With the yeah, I kind of <laughs> so, like that, too. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> we don't color. My son and I don't color too much anymore. He's 14 now. Yeah, we, we I have to color by myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. So, um, so let me ask you, how is your fitness plan coming along? Well, I just uh, got back from a full-on sprint for about a quarter mile, chasing my dog through the neighborhood. That's a good workout, right? There. Uh, yeah, uh, was very winded. Mm-hmm. I did catch the dog, but had to quickly hand her off to my wife so I could catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it. Um, I thought I was going to be more into it now than I am I'm I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm doing some which is better than I was doing nothing so uh, I'm doing some um, I'm really still planning on getting trying to trying to ramp it up some more um, you know like I mentioned earlier last last couple of weeks have been crazy we've been bringing in new customers uh, our clients at work 
and things have been just super hectic and a lot of overtime and it's been tough but this week i think is going to start finally calming down a little bit um i've been getting some more shooting in um some more dry fire and, and uh some more physical fitness the weather has cleaned up a little um it's it's a nicer weather i've been able to get outside some so i'm planning on still you know continuing to ramp that up yeah so when a couple of weeks ago I, I turned up the dry fire then i started turning it down because i was focusing more on the gym you yeah know? and it, it's hard it, for me it's hard to make time for both of them i mean it both of them i want to give my full focus to right um, and pretty but, much what i what i uh, came up with was one day gym one day firearms yeah maybe that's what i need to do and that's how i'm doing it because i don't go to the gym every day but i try to do some form of working out every day so this plan of me and my workout there are a lot of sprints there are a lot of weights, you know, like getting stronger. But anytime I work out, like when I was in the military, I like to run distance, like two, three miles or whatever. And I was that guy, we we're hanging out or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, I'll be right back. Where you going? I'm going to go run about three miles right quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> I used to do that all the time too. It, that, that was me, you know, and I'm still like that to, to today. But the thing that's slowing me down is I, I ended up getting injured last week in the gym because I was doing um, the squats, but then I was also doing lunges. And I think I over tweaked the rotator cuff in my hip. Ugh. And it, it was kind of sensitive when I was walking. So I was like, I'm not going to do anything for four or five days. And I think the only thing I really done was push-ups. You yeah. know, because I didn't want it to be like, okay, I got to do the exercise to get better. You know, so um, only thing I did was push-ups and I left it alone at that. But I believe this, the personal trainer that's working with me I believe this stuff is actually working, you know, because just like anything else, when you're doing something, you're naturally going to get better. And then if you're a physical person, of course, if you're running, moving, you know, left, right, you know, lateral, you know, and all that improvement is going to come because when your core gets stronger, your overall performance is going to be better. Sure. Yeah. You know, And of course, if you're now, if I was out there doing like Olympic lifting, I don't think my performance would get better because I would just be bulking up, you know, just That's, getting stronger. Yeah, that'd be kind of dangerous. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. One thing I don't like is when my back is uh, have an itch, I want to scratch it. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Like, oh, I can't reach it. Again. Scratch my back for me, please. <laughs> you know. So, um, but I never wanted to bulk up and get big. I just always wanted to be toned, but I always wanted to be in shape. Whereas I can do specifically what I want to do, you know. So um, I'm just curious to see, and of and of course, we're not shooting on the same tempo that we were shooting. And actually, yeah. Rob would be the perfect person to actually bring on to into this conversation about that. 
you know, we should call uh, the fitness and nutrition stuff. Yeah, because you know, Rob, oh, um, yeah, he absolutely. turned around and he lost something like I think he was like 90 something pounds. It a lot. I don't know the exact number. It was a lot. So, it was um, over 50, well over 50 pounds, I believe. Yeah. So, um, but he, I actually seen an improvement in his shooting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because his movements became real clean absolutely. and sharp and precise. And I was like, oh, okay, Rob, I see you. <laughs> so I've been working with, uh, I don't have a personal trainer per se, but um, a guest we had on, uh, Travis Tomasi, um, a few weeks ago, he started doing some um, online training courses and uh, where you, you know, you meet face to face um, through zoom or whatever. And um, he's helped me set up a, a fitness and nutrition program for myself um, that is shooting oriented. And um, I've been slow to get it going, but I mean, it's, I like the idea of it and I like what he's teaching. Um, so if you guys are interested, check him out. Travis Tomasi, um, he's got a website set up with the different programs he, he offers. And he can help you out with all sorts of things. He's a multi-time world and national champion, former, uh, you know, AMU guy. Was there with Mike. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Travis Tomasi is on top of it. And when I was in the Army, I remember, you would think this, top shooters in the world, in the nation, on Fort Benning, you would think everybody would know who they are. And nobody on post really knows who the people on AMU are unless you actually follow the sport or shooting. Yeah. You know, and I was always like, yo, these people are going to be walking around and people going to crowd them, flood them. You know, because like when I was working at the combative school, everybody knew who we were. But it's like when you go into a place, you see the attitudes change, like demeanors shift when we walk into a building. You know, and I was like, hmm. But then I was thinking, like, when we started dealing with AMU, like, oh, AMU, these people are going to get flooded. You know, people, let me take a picture. Let me do this. It never happened, you know. So I was mm. like, hmm, that's kind of weird. So, um, but yeah, but Travis Tomasi, he was, like, when I started following him, I was more impressed with this guy's reloads. And I was like, did he actually do a reload? <laughs> he was, like, so fast with it, you know. So, um, but. He was legit with it. So, yeah, hit so, up Travis Tomasi's website. And yeah, definitely. That's the offer. So he posted a little uh, video on social media of just him doing some dry fire stuff. And uh, he had a little, like, laser sight thing he was playing around with. But I just uh, I saw his reloads and uh, got to just messaging back and forth with another buddy of mine on his on his post. And I was like, man, well, I asked him what his reloads or what his two reload two was. I have a pretty fast two reload too. I'm like at 1.8 and I knew his had to be faster than mine. And uh, he said back in the, in the day when he was practicing that at AMU it was 1.6. Yeah. Which I've never even heard of that. That's a draw, two shots, reload, two shots, 1.6 seconds. <laughs> he was. I've got 1.8 and it, I, that's fast. Yeah. But that's he's 0.2 faster than that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I love it. He's got to have the fastest reloads in the world. I'm convinced. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure of it myself. Let's um, let's go ahead and give Rob Teague a call and let's talk to him oh, a little bit about. Oh, let's see if he answers. It. Yeah, let's let's do this. Let's see. 
You gotta make sure we tell him he's on the podcast when he. <laughs> Hello. What's up, Rob? Hey, man. Hey, now, before we say anything else, I want you to know that we are on the M-W Tactical Podcast and we're recording right now. Okay, cool. Right. I listen to it all the time. All right, good, good. <laughs> tame your tame your potty mouth. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> What's going on, Rob? I'm enjoying some good weather out on my porch, uh, which is something I couldn't do yesterday because it rained all day during the match. But uh, I'm just hanging out, man. What are you guys doing besides podcasting? Yeah, well, we're just holding a conversation and we're talking about the whole working out and nutrition. We really haven't dove into the nutrition aspect of it yet, but we were just talking about working out and relating the workout to shooting. So I ended up, you know, I got a personal trainer that's working with me. And I mentioned to Dave, like when you started this and you started it last year and how I noticed your movements became more sharp, more precise, more crisp over running a course of fire. I had no idea you were watching me that close. That makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Hey, come on, Rob. How, how often do we talk at a match? You know I pay attention to everything. Uh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But no, that, that, I, I, uh, I think it, I think, I don't think it can go unnoticed, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the whole, that was the whole idea was to prove it to myself. I, I'm just one of these guys that's got to. I don't, I mean, if you tell me the sky's blue, I, I got to like get in a plane and go up there and prove it to myself. You know, it's just, right. I'm just one of those people, uh, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the quest, you know, as they say, as I say, I guess, but whatever. But now when you did, you did the whole thing with you, when you got with your personal trainer, you changed your whole diet and then incorporated into your workout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I th- there's two kind of, Fate, well, I don't know. I'll say there's three phases to it, really. It was the, the biggest thing when I met with my personal trainer. I mean, they she basically said, Well, you, you know, you're overweight, um, so you need to fix that. And I said, Okay, and then the second thing was, Well, and I showed her some shooting videos, and she's like, Well, this is no different than tennis, racquetball, uh, any kind of like uh, other sport where you got something in your hand and you need to change directions often and you need to have a stable, you know, platform in which to do work. Right. I'm like, wow, that's, that's true. Okay. So we're not special. (laughs) (laughs) Just got to be extra cautious and safe with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, then I sort of started looking at it differently and, and I've just enjoyed the process, but, um, and, and at the same time, I've realized that it, it only makes a little bit of difference. And that's the thing that really kind of opened my eyes. Like I thought I was going to become Superman overnight because I was going to get fit and it just didn't happen. Right. <laughs> you know, it added maybe 10% to my game. Um, but endurance is something that's, I think, overlooked. Right. And so worth going through the process to have that, I mean, how many times you've been to a match and on the last stage or even a local people are like, oh, man, I'm so tired. I'm just ready to go. And, you know, you have, you know, 
something I've noticed recently with my shooting is that this first stage and the last stage I seem to treat differently mm-hmm. and I shouldn't. And they're, they're just as important. So there shouldn't be any warm up and there shouldn't be any cool down. You should shoot every stage as best as you can. And you should, and if you don't, you're, you're just, you're, um, I don't know, I guess you're, you're, you're letting yourself down in kind of a way, you right. know what I mean? Right. So the endurance part takes care of the last stage, the fitness part and the mental side takes care of the first stage and stage two through five or six or whatever it is in the middle, I seem to sort of take care of themselves. It's kind of really weird. Um, I'm, and I'm I don't so know glad. You see that, I'm sorry. You know, but yeah, no. Hey, the mad scientist is here. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm so glad to hear you say that about the first stage because it used to bother me so much when I'd watch your videos and you, and you say you're trying to take it easy on the first stage and, and you know, not that you got to shoot them all the same. So I'm so glad that you're doing that now. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> now, I, I, I can't say this, though. Um, ever since I started shooting all the major matches, and just like you said just a few sentences ago, a local match, by the end of the match, the last stage, you're like, oh, man, I'm so tired. What are we going to go eat at? I need to rest. I want to relax. Yeah. When we're at a major match and we're shooting a 10-stage match, I don't feel that fatigue hit me until about stage eight or nine. You know, so That's it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. like way, way um, longer than a local match. Yeah. Well, I I think mentally, mentally, you prepare yourself for 10 stages Mm -hmm. or 20 stages or three stages or four stages. And I think that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, well, just because we're on the last stage, whether that be six or nine or 12, why are we, why are we, why are we bell curving down? Right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, why are we ready to leave? you know, on the last stage. And I, so I think, like I said, the mental aspect of it, as well as being able, you know, there's a whole phrase called being willing and able. So the willing is the, is the fitness part and the able is the mental part, you know? Right. And so being willing and able, is kind of like something that I'm thinking about. Like, so, okay, put, take both things and, and, and shoot all the stages that way, you know? And I think it helps, you know? Definitely does. Rob, you've helped me so much, even like toward the end of last year when I was struggling. Um, I am now focused on consuming, uh, you know, some sort of nutrition between stages. And I've I've been pretty good about hydration, you know, for a while, but I let the the nutrition um, fall behind and it it was affecting my shooting. And um, you've been pushing me to pay attention to that. And it has really made a difference. (laughs) And I appreciate it. Well, Rob yeah. was the one who did tell me, um, don't don't eat the candy before the in the in between stages, man. Eat eat some fruit or a bar or something. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's what I started doing. I started taking bananas with me. Well, um, it's perfect. Matches, so. I'll see I Rob so much. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I'll see I'll see you at a match and you'll hand me some food while I'm walking by. It's like, yes, awesome. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned so much about the body and nutrition and what happens to your to your organs and the necessity of nutrients and calories and how they function in your body in the last year and a half it's i could just i could go on for an hour about how it how it works and that's all 
uh, stuff you can go and find out, but until you put it in practice and you feel it, you literally feel it. That's it's just a it's just a thesis until you prove it yourself that. Yeah, I'm glad I took in like 150 calories every other stage, you know, and right. because because your adrenaline's pumping and you don't think about it, and then you're six stages in and you're five hours without eating. That's the worst thing you can do for your body and mind. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what we was doing over in Iraq. <laughs> so, I know. I know. It it you makes guys it gotta tough. Function at a super high level. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. So now, when you actually dove into the workout portion of the journey or the quest as you called it did you focus more on cardio or strength and abs more yeah it was it was it was definitely cardio because mm -hmm. it, it was just about taking the weight off you know i right. went from like 240 down to 175 and then and then back from 175 back to 195 with putting on muscle and now i'm at one 188 and i'm gonna cut down to like 180 and i'm going to try to level off of 180 muscular and that's kind of like my goal it's really weird i've taken on that as 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 a as almost as passionately as i have the shooting part separately not right. as a add-on but i think um it, you know it just depends on where you are if you want to lose weight i think the important thing is just to get the weight off and then reevaluate and figure out what you want to do because there's so many functional things you can do if you're not overweight that you can still do to get better at at the at doing what you want to do and, and a lot of people that aren't overweight overlook cardio because cardio is generally about losing weight and they're like well i don't have to lose weight well right. cardio can can make your endurance better yes you know, so you may have to eat a lot while you do that cardio like i did it's really insane i did two hours of cardio today and it's going to blow your mind but i did two hours of car i burned a thousand calories today doing a slow and steady cardio just because i wanted to just to see if i could do it and it was just one of my little things that i do sometimes to just to prove things to myself but you have to eat a lot right, right. <laughs> because yeah. you have to mm. replace those calories in order to function throughout the day but doing that cardio if you're already have the weight off will just allow your endurance level to be really really good you know now when you do your cardio do you do endurance running or a bicycle or treadmill stationary bike i don't do anything high impact mm -hmm. or high intensity and there's two reasons one because the knees are already shot i don't have to destroy them anymore and two if you do high intensity or hit cardio your recovery is is will will ruin you for the next day. So right. steady state cardio is the only cardio that I do. In other words, I go to like 70%, you know, of my heart rate, my max, you know, if I can get my heart up to, you know, 170, I might hover at like 130 and just chill for an hour, you know, right. it's easy, but it, but to me, that's, that's where it, it, it helps a lot because there is no recovery process. Um, it, you're, you're automatically recovered and you can do that again the next day. You do hit cardio or you try to run, uh, you're going to destroy your knees and your recovery process is going to be so intensive that you're not going to be able to work out the next day or you're not going to want to. Right. And that's the worst thing mentally. 
like I get up every morning, you know, I get it, I get up at 3 30 every morning. Hey, that's when I get up. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I met one other person in my life that gets up better. And um, and I love I just love my gym time, you know. And, and if you don't love that, if you do something so intense that you don't want to be there, you just ruined your whole you just ruined the you know what you're trying to do. So. Right. Now to back up before when you started talking on that last portion to let everyone know pretty much what Rob was saying was muscle is heavier than fat. So that's the reason why he was saying he wanted to lose the weight to bring it back into muscle because muscle is heavier than fat. If you didn't know that already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, wait, wait, you know, there's a lot of obese bodybuilders, you know, I, right. I, uh, I hang out with a lot of bodybuilders now and, and weight is weight. You carry around mm-hmm. a lot of muscle. It puts, it puts work on your joints. So there's a happy place where you want to be with, what I call functional muscle, you know, the, enough muscle to be functional with what we want to do right. and um, enough muscle that allows you to burn fat all day long without even moving. You know, there's that whole thermogenic effect of having muscle on your body. And uh, it's, there's an ideal place for everyone. You just have to find it. Yeah. Mine was like when I was fighting, doing like the cage fighting and jujitsu, I felt comfortable at 205 you know, 200, 205. Yeah. And anything above that, I just felt like, even like when I was 210, 215, running or getting on the bike, I just felt hard to breathe. (laughs) It was hard to recover. And I just had to really force myself to even do anything. But when I hit the 205, 200 mark, it was like, all right, let's go. Let's work out. Let's do it. I was always motivated. (laughs) It's a great feeling when you always want to go. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, we just wanted to bring you on for a little bit, and um, because we were sitting there talking, and I was like, you know, Rob would be the perfect one to talk to. Let's let's call him up right now. Absolutely, yeah. He's done it. (laughs) Yeah. But now, we're going to bring you back here in a couple weeks, and we're going to talk about carry optics, because we had a little conversation at the beginning of the show about carry optics, but... We're going to bring you on and have an in-depth conversation about carry optics as well. Awesome. I love the topic. You know that. So um, to let everyone know, if you don't know, you can follow Rob on YouTube and just look up Pops Quest. All right. So anything else you want to say about people following you, Rob? No, I don't. I don't do the, I don't. You know, I don't promote my following. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just figured you. I, pro- I like to promote the sport, and I love showing the what I love to do, and I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Yeah, we so, love so. you too, Rob. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so now, Rob, you're gonna get a hug the next time I see yeah. you. Oh, hug. There you go. Virtual right, hug. hug. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> trying to do it on the. There you camera. go. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know. Yeah, so, but um, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on, Rob. And um, what we're gonna okay. do is, like I said, I'll be hitting you up here in um the next week or so, so we can actually figure out our schedules and um make this topic happen between the mass scientists, you and myself. Awesome, sounds good, guys. Well, I appreciate the call. Y'all take it easy and have yeah. A good thanks for answering. All right, well, <laughs> yeah. all right. Take care. Y'all be good. Bye. Hey, maybe we'll just be good at it. Yeah, that's it right there. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> We're not going to be good. <laughs> so um, now you do know that for the listening audience, if you are listening to the podcast, 
today, which is Tuesday, or you're watching the podcast on YouTube today, which is Tuesday, just remember the mad scientist and myself will be going live tomorrow on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if we can get them all to work. If not, it will be one of those three or two of those three. <laughs> one or two or three. Yeah, we, we're going to figure this out, but we'll be giving away a free slot to shoot the South Carolina section, you know, um, and this spot is given to us by Blazon, you know, so um, remember what we said at the beginning of the show, they are um, a match sponsor and they're also the official shirt for the South Carolina section that is taking place. Yeah. So we've released the designs um, now. So the Blazon designs are awesome. Those are really cool match shirts. I totally Um, agree. Yeah. Those are (laughs) really some of the best match match shirts I've seen in a couple of years. Um, Yeah. So um, one thing I can say about it is, is that um, I believe now the competition will be the matchbook and the match shirts who can <laughs> come up with the best designs as far as <laughs> i think that's going to come about here in the next well, you have years. done a good job with both of them <laughs> yeah so, so what's um, the uh we're doing like a, a trivia kind of thing from past episodes is that is that what we're planning for tomorrow? Uh, i would actually tell everybody we are going to figure it out but by the time the show airs we would have already figured it out but just go (laughs) and listen to what we put on social media meaning facebook and instagram follow the instructions and that might get you into a bracket before we actually say this person actually won so you got to follow the steps that we're going to say that you got to do prior to listening to the show all right, so you got to follow us for the next couple of days here. There you go. That's it. Right All right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but everything else we can talk about, I think we should save that for next week because that's a lot of government talk coming up next week. Because I will say this I think the crime rate is about to raise if everything goes into play as it will. Um, there was a couple new bills that were presented and I don't know if it got signed or not. And I know one bill was pretty much saying they can delay your um, firearm for 20 days versus the 10 day or seven days that it already is, you know? So um, I'm like, Hmm. And it, it just doesn't sound right. It's not adding up. But once again, like I said, you're looking at the dilemma of the crisis. There's a lot of stuff being slipped in under the yeah. radar. Yeah, there is. There, <laughs> yeah, there it's is. Not making sense. But we can actually talk about that next week. And um, all right, you can hear um, Coach B. Well, she probably won't do it on a microphone, but she normally does it. Like when I be <laughs> saying stuff to her, she'd be giving her little conspiracy theories. <laughs> you got to record her sometime when she when she doesn't know. <laughs> I'll be trying to catch her, but the whole thing, <laughs> when I do it, she'd be like, oh, you're trying to catch me. No, 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 no. And it's just, oh, <laughs> she's too smart for that, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but she'd be catching me, but um, she'd be playing it back, like, especially like if I'd be driving, if she's in a vehicle with me, 
I'm always like people can't drive and how that's always going to lead up to an accident. And the one thing is, I believe if the whole country would adopt what Louisiana has already have in place, it wouldn't be a problem with driving. So you can't go to Louisiana and just chill in the far left lane, even on a two lane highway, you know, um, because that's just for passing. That's you know? yes, what it's always that's meant what it's to always be. been for. <laughs> exactly. But you get these people, and I dub this the mama complex. And I say that because when I was a teenager, uh, we was on the interstate, we was going to my grandmother's house, and it was a group of motorcycles when they passed us. They was going over the left shoulder in between the cars, but my mom had like at this time, eight cars behind her and they're all flashing their lights and everything. And my mom, I don't care. I ain't doing nothing wrong. I'm doing the speed limit. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, me and my brother like, mama, that's not what it's made for. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Uh, We went to driver's (laughs) ed. (laughs) They teach this in driver's ed. Like, come on, mama. So um, that's one thing I've always griped about because what a lot of people don't understand is when when you start doing the excessive lane changing, that's when accidents are more likely to occur, especially if somebody's driving slow in the fast lane and they're not even keeping up with the flow of traffic, you know, and then cars got to go around you. Oh, it so can be really it, that's dangerous. Very dangerous. Yeah. That's very dangerous. You know? So, um, but I actually read something that South Carolina has passed a bill that said officers are now able to give you a ticket for impeding traffic in the fast lane. Oh, well, yeah. maybe that'll do but, something. Yeah, I, I was like, I already thought that law was passed, but, <laughs> I, but I don't know. Yeah, probably is. They just re implemented the same law that's already been in probably. place. Yeah, same thing they did, <laughs> or what was that like, what, five years ago, six years ago, when they was rewriting some of the gun laws that were already on the books? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw some bills actually proposed that already had laws in place. For the exact same thing that, that was proposed in the bill, like, yeah. they, they probably guys, just changed the time. You don't limit, even know. Time limit, you, know. you don't even know what you're proposing. We already have laws for that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Oh man. Yeah. Well, so um, let's go ahead and dive into this commercial break. Come on back and um, have this discussion with the personal trainer and um, and see how that's going to work out. And like I said, it's already in play. And I can't say if whenever we start doing a recording for the movie, you're going to see some of the workout sessions in the movie that we're going to be. This making. this is going to be fun, I think. I'm, oh, yeah. That's yeah. going to be it's yeah. going to be fun. And then y'all get to see Dave in the background when people be talking to Dave. Dave be like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me questions. I'm concentrating right now. <laughs> I was actually thinking about some of the stuff I might record on the way uh, drive back home from Belton this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It will be. It will be. All right. So, but um, let's go ahead and dive into this commercial break, turn your radios up and here are a few words from our sponsors. Yo, 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 this is Keita Bussy and you are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? 
Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating crowded or uninviting there's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds the gruff salesmen and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store the process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or it's sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, Visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie and it's gonna be about our day-to-day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting gofundme.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit gofundme.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. All right, good people. 
we're back at it again. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And as I stated earlier in the show, I was going to bring everyone into the little secret I've been working on as far as getting back in shape, making my movements more fluent, and just trying to become a little bit more better when it comes to shooting. So this portion of the show, the interview portion, I have a personal trainer who is working with me. And you can hear all the struggles, all the jokes, everything else that's associated with that aspect of me trying to get better as far as attaining that A class by the end of the year. So without further ado, I want to welcome the personal trainer herself, Curry, to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How's it going for you, Curry? Going well. Yeah, that's it right I'm there. i the sun here in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, um, this weather has been kind of tricky, but at the same time, it's one of those type things, whereas I look at it, I'm only going to be outside for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes, so let me get out, do what I got to do, and get back into warm. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, so, um, but in the same regards, um, I still got prayers going out for the people in Texas. Um, it will get better soon, and once they come up with that formulated plan, the structure should be stronger than it has been in the previous years. So, Curry, you are a personal trainer. You care to tell people more about what drove you to become a personal trainer and why? Oh, um, let's see. I started my, um, I went to Appalachian State up in Boone, North Carolina, graduated the exercise science degree, uh, was on a path uh, for a very long time to look at physical therapy. And um, my path actually led me through a lot of different kind of personal training, group training, um, rehab tech with a physical therapist. And through all those experiences, realized that I really liked, um, you know, personal training, group training, and even took me through a bit of college athletics as well. So kind of that strength and conditioning was where I, I wound up and where I feel like I needed, needed to be. So just kind of a couple of different ways, pathways to get there, but that's kind of where I ended up. And then my husband and I moved to South Carolina in 2018. And that's when I began my independent business of training. Cool. So for those people who are interested in looking at getting a personal trainer, from what I discovered, there are many levels of a personal trainer. So can you give the breakdown of the basic, the medium, then the advance of what you would look for when getting a personal trainer? Yeah. Um, so as far as, you know, like you said, personal training is concerned with, with every industry, there's kind of different people that have, um, different things they do in the industry. Um, you have group training, um, uh, which can go anything from like a spin class to a body pump class. Um, some of these classes, not all of them can be kind of choreographed classes where you get your programs and you, you do a pre-choreographed program that's already done for you. Some trainers do their own choreography for those classes. And that's a group training setting. Um, I spent three years in CrossFit, um, which has, um, a mix between, strength and conditioning, Olympic lifting, um, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily bodybuilding, but kind of a, you know, high intensity training with cardio and things like that as well. And um, that's, that's a, a basically 
CrossFit kind of comes at this culmination of strength and conditioning where meets energy system development. Um, then uh, personal trainers that you would find maybe in like a Gold's Gym or something like that. They have, you know, certifications that you would maybe find through like a, an AFTA or a, I think an ISSA. I think I don't know too many of the, the different certifications that they have. Um, and some of those can be obtained through kind of like a weekend certification. Um, the one certificate, uh, you know, looking for personal training, one certification that um, kind of stands out for me above the rest is the CSCS, which is Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. Um, it is through the NSCA. It is a book study. You study it and you go take your test, but it um, has a, encompasses a lot of information as far as strength training and, and periodization and really kind of athletic development. Um, so there's, you know, there's that form. And then within the college realm, there's another one that they've developed as well, which is the CSCCA, which is collegiate strength and conditioning coaches, um, that kind of have a different one, but you'll see a lot of your, um, strength and conditioning specialists kind of have that CSCS certification. So I guess that would be kind of the different levels of, of training. And then it just depends on your clientele and really what they're looking for. Um, you know, I have anywhere from 13 year olds all the way up to 72 year olds. Wow. Um, for me, it doesn't change. You know, my mode of, of training them doesn't change. Um, you know, it stays very simple for a lot of them, you know, flex fit, flexibility, movement, proficiency, and building strength and some cardio form. Hmm, okay. Now, I will say that when I was looking for a personal trainer, it took me roughly about three weeks before I came across you. Uh -huh. And I've, I know a couple people in the city who are personal trainers. And of course, when I linked up with them, I kept telling everybody the same thing. I'm not looking to bulk up. I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I don't want to pose in a magazine. I need to run. I need to move. And when I actually approached you, I came at you, I changed my speech up because everybody I dealt with beforehand, I was telling them what I wanted to achieve. And what I was telling them and what they was envisioning were two different paths. Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, hey, I do competition shooting. This right here is what I'm trying to get to, but what's in between is your lane. You just tell me what I need to do. And then you actually made the observation like, okay, if you start bulking up too much, let me know. And then we're going to change the workouts, you know, so we can actually work on X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I think that was an important, you know, um, faucet of the conversation dealing with you because you are actually listening to me. And then I had to actually show you videos so you can actually get a more clear understanding of what what I'm doing. And I think that kind of pushed you a little bit because I don't know if you ever dealt with somebody from a competition shooting standpoint before, whereas it opened more avenues of, okay, let me try this, let me try that. Mm -hmm. But my thing was when I first came in, I was like, okay, I am an athlete. I do stuff, but I had to open the door to some secrets. I don't lift weights. I was the guy in the weight room joking all the time yeah. just so I could avoid weights. So um, what was your take on all of that from the initial introduction to today? Um, well, like you said, I, I'd never dealt with, you know, an athlete 
you know, a shooting athlete before. Um, so one of the things that was really important to me was your initial videos that you sent me. Um, what is this person doing and what are they trying to accomplish? Um, and, you know, from a performance standpoint, I needed to see what I, how you moved, right? And, and once I've figured out how you moved, then I could say, okay, this is how I can help you. Um, because before not knowing how you do or what you're doing, um, it's very hard to write a program. Mm -hmm. So initially, the first thing I saw um, was speed agility, um, being able to move laterally, um, being able to move quickly laterally, you know, going forward, backwards. Um, how can we make that more efficient? Um, get you there faster, but yet steady you enough to be able to hit your targets. Um, so, you know, a lot of your... As far as the gym is concerned, there's there's things that we can um, enhance in the gym, but by no means am I training you how to shoot or training you how to, you know, a ton of reaction timing. We have some reaction timing through speed agility, but I'm not, you know, I'm not training you to do your sport because I don't know anything about your sport, you know, as far as the specifics. So um, that's kind of how I initially took it. Um, I said, okay, well, we haven't worked out in a while as well. So that's why we did our hill sprints. Oh man. They're a little, yeah, you don't like them. <laughs> um, they are um, a little less aggressive on the body. Um, but sprinting is a really easy way to train power. I don't have to teach you how to power clean. I don't teach you how to, how to snatch. Um, we're not throwing any med balls um, as of right now, but sprinting is a very um, easy way to teach power. Um, but when you go in a straight line from the very get go, it can make you very sore and, you know, we can kind of tweak some things. So going up a hill is, is an easy way to teach that. Um, and that's kind of where we started. So that's how we started developing kind of the backside. And then the other part of it was just movement proficiency. Can we squat? Um, now we're working on, um, you know, bench, you know, a little bit of dumbbell bench press. So a little bit of that, you know, those movements, those strength movements, um, and then the other part of it was mobility as well. Mm -hmm. So seeing how can we improve mobility because I think everybody can improve mobility. Oh so. yeah. So, <laughs> and, you know, like for me, um, I know for a fact, as I told you, when I was younger playing basketball, uh, I, I felt like I was on the top of the world when it came to, you know, performing on that end of the spectrum. Of course, over the course of time, I broke my leg being in the military. So I still favor that broken leg, even though it happened when I was like, what, 16, 17 years old, you know? And you even picked it up in the gym, like, okay, you're leaning more to this side, you know? And I was like, well, I'm favoring the broken leg. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. automatically, I was like, man, I'm not even realizing I'm doing it. So, but the importance of, the personal trainer and listening to the person that's giving the instruction, I think you can't just go and just, okay, I don't want to do this. So I'm just going to do what I like to do. Mm -hmm. you know, and I had that conversation with my brother and he was like, it's the same thing as when you play basketball, you didn't like the suicide drills, but you did them. You was pretty good at them. You just didn't like them. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah, true. Just like, I didn't like that hill. I could not stand that hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, for people who are looking for the personal trainer, and let's just happen to say it's 
somebody that's doing physical therapy and they don't feel like they're getting the necessary treatment from physical therapy, but yeah. they feel they can achieve more with a personal trainer. Um, how does that work? Or do the doctors and the personal trainers communicate with each other? Or is there a such thing? Um, I wish there was more. I'm, I'm going to be honest with that. I, I wish there was more communication between that that bridge, um, between once physical therapy runs out and kind of the, what I would call from a sports world, a return to play kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem, unfortunately, with our healthcare system, there's a lot of crossover between that. Now, I have had conversations with physical therapists before. Um, I think they may be pretty limited on what they're allowed to give out information wise about their patients. And I think that kind of prohibits them from really reaching um, someone in a private sector, um, you know, and that may be different in different, you know, different parts of the world. There may be physical therapists that have trainers that they know of that they would recommend their clients go to after they're done with their stint in physical therapy. Um, physical therapy is a very different um, thing than personal training as, as it should be, um, you know, school quite a lot longer and um, they are specific to, you know, the injury that they're working with and, and really try to work with that specific limb or, you know, whatever that injury may be. Our goal is to balance that back out once they get done with those sessions and say, okay, we've been really, really working on, you know, whether it be their ACL or, you know, whatever their injury is, we've been concentrating on that. And now we need to go from a performance perspective and then get them back into doing whatever they want to do. Um, again, I have, I like to call all my, my clients athletes, but everybody is on a different page, you know, as far as what they want to accomplish. But my main thing is that what are they wanting to do? And is there something preventing them from doing that? You know, are they wanting to play 18 holes of golf? And is there something from a mobility perspective or from a pain perspective or from a strength perspective that is preventing them from doing that? And that's how I set goals for my clients. So, you know, I did tell my brother that also, because he was stating like, have you ever done something and it was hurting? And she was just like, just push through it, just push through it. And I was like, not one time. I said, whenever we do something, if I say um, this hurts a little bit, automatically she, all right, try this in an alternate standpoint. But she never like, okay, you got to push through it. No pain, no gain. Uh, you know, so yeah. by her doing the, giving you options to get the same results, that shows me the professionalism right there that stood out to me whereas it makes me want to keep coming back for more you yeah. know um but i just wish my time schedule would allow me to come back more sessions than i do in a week's <laughs> time frame yeah. you know so um now from being the a one thing go, go for it yeah the one thing that i was going to say though that has been really great has been um because I don't know a ton about your sport, what we've been able to do recently is really kind of commun communicate about some of your speed agility drills. Mm -hmm. I get, you can relate them and say, yeah, I see how this kind of relates to what I'm doing. And I say, okay, well, do we need to stop here or do we need to, to you know what I mean? Like, so right. we've seen different boundaries for our speed agility drills and that's, that's important as well. Open communication. Um, and that usually takes a little bit of time with personal training clients. Um, I think I had it described one time in a podcast it was it was levels that he had he had established and he had got it from a business um, podcast but it was levels that he had established with his athletes he said you know when you first come in um, I tell you what to do and you do it right and then you establish the trust 
and then you establish the proficiency at what you're doing. And then you get to the second level and it's, okay, let's have a conversation about, you know, is this, is this helping you? Does this make you feel better? Let's put that in for a four week block and see how we go. Right. And then the next one is you get a little bit more freedom with kind of deciding, you know, where you go with your training and having that conversation with your trainer. Um, but the funny thing that he had noted that when you get to that third level, some of the people, and that's kind of like your, your NFL and stuff like that. When you get to that third level, some of them just want to be told what to do. Right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I could tell you all this stuff, but I just want you to come in and tell me what to do. So it's kind of that, that cyclic um, relationship and that relationship with, um, you know, your athlete that I think is important. Right. And that was another conversation I had also, whereas when I was telling my brother that I was like, she doesn't know anything about the shooting sport other than what I told her what videos I sent her and then what little research she's done. And I said, but at the same time is when she's looking at it, she can actually say, okay, well, I see a lot of this going on in various videos. So we can tune the training to go this direction. And I was explaining to him when we was talking about breaking um, the last session we had, and I was like, it made so much sense how she stated it versus as when you're talking to somebody at a match and they're trying to tell you what they're doing because shooters don't speak the same language. <laughs> you know, I could tell you what works for me, but because you got the various body types, you have to figure out how that technique will work for you. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, it was just for me, it was just literally just leaning forward that was the key to what I was doing beforehand versus sitting straight up. It was just leaning forward. And it was like, it felt so much more comfortable <laughs> coming into it. Like you yeah. trust yourself and it panned out in like a matter of two minutes. And I was like, but that two minute session, I was like, yo, I, I can do it like four more times. Let me, let me do it again. <laughs> just so, so <laughs> verify it make sure it's still there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but you know, like I told him, that's the hardest part is, for me is talking it to make it understandable to you because you don't do it. But like, if I'm talking to somebody else who's shooting, they understand what I'm saying. But then again, when they're trying to tell me what they're doing, I either have to watch them do it or they have to literally break it down step by step. I'm doing this when this is happening. I'm doing this also when this is happening. And I was like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, but, yeah, I'm just more appreciative that I can actually say, I don't like this, but let's keep going. And you're like, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my Jedi mind trick didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. So um, now with understanding the sport of shooting a little bit, how would you rank this amongst the other avenues of sports that you've dealt with as far as training someone um as far as from like a movement perspective or um let's say difficulty um one to ten ten being more difficult like is it challenging to you as a trainer to actually get to the end goal or just coming up with the various workouts to make it more accomplishable I think I've had to, to think about it a little bit more from a, like, and do a little bit more research about it. Um, mm -hmm. 
because it's not like I can tune into a game and watch a game. You know what I mean? Like um, when I was in strength and conditioning, you know, I had so many different teams and a lot of sports that I didn't know anything about. Like I didn't know any, I didn't know anything about women's lacrosse when I started training them. But I think from a, a training perspective, I try to keep it so simple um, that I don't really try to overcomplicate what my goal is. And that's why when you come in one day, we're working on linear acceleration or something in linear. Um, and then we're the, the day two is something lateral. Right. right? And then we work for about, you know, we, we do our warm up, you know, always do that, you know, your dynamic warm up in the beginning. And then you, we go into about probably about 10 to 15 minutes of your, of your speed agility. And then we go into, again, just a very simple laid out um, strength program, very basic strength program. It's, you know, single leg training, double leg training, you know, pushing, pulling in various um and you know vertical and horizontal and just working on you know as of right now i've kind of seen a little bit clearer path about you specifically and what i need to work on for you as strength is concerned right mm-hmm. done a lot of acceleration and then now we're starting to work on deceleration which you now usually if you give someone a lot of acceleration you always want to make sure you check the brakes is first right? <laughs> well, so um so that's kind of where we are right now we started with a little bit more acceleration rather than a lot of deceleration for you. And now it's just kind of coming, you know, using those programs to kind of just progress through those. So I don't necessarily say it's specific to your sport. Um, I I usually try to stay away from sport specific, primarily because I don't know what things are specific to you as far as, you know, that's, but if I help make you a better mover and a better, um, you know, if you move better, if you move faster, um, if you have the flexibility to be able to do those things, then you can, then it manifests through your sport. Then you can become better at what you do because you know what you have to do in training. Does that make sense? So it doesn't necessarily make it harder for me um, because I don't know everything about your sport. I just look at the individual athlete and say, okay, how can I make that person better at moving this way or that way? And then you make, you make it what it is you become that person on you know on competition day right that makes sense now um we briefly spoke about this and i get into a debate with this with a lot of my friends the eating aspect when it comes to working out i'm a firm believer in you can eat anything you want you just have to understand once you work out if you ate dirty your workout is going to be twice as hard versus as if you work clean or ate clean, right. you know, um, what is your stance on that from the personal trainer aspect? I really thought you were going to ask me about Nas and Jay-Z again. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> um, so, you know, nutrition is one of those things that, you know, I'm very, very basic on nutrition. Um, you know, when I tell people to go to the store, I tell them to shop the perimeter and eat real food. Um, you know, I don't dive into too much other than, you know, a little bit of, you know, performance things, meaning like, you know, making sure you're getting enough snacks, making sure you're getting enough protein, um, you know, feeding times before training, you know, making sure you're not eating 30 minutes before you come in. Cause that's probably not going to go well for you, especially if you're doing hill sprints. Um, you know, and I, th- I think that uh, another thing that's really important for you and your sport as far as nutrition is concerned is 
is doing some pre-thought about where you're going because you travel a lot for, for where, you know, for your competition and seeing, you know, what around that is, is you can eat, you know what I mean? And, and because it's not a normal diet for you, you know, like you going to somewhere and having to eat like fast food or having to eat on the road is probably not a normal diet for you when you're at home. Right. Or maybe, you know, but finding something that around where you do your competition and it doesn't change that much before competition. Um, you know, yes, nutrition is very important, um, making sure you fuel your body with good food. And that's kind of how I keep it just really, really base level for a lot of my athletes. You know what I mean? Like if their goal is to gain weight, then they got to eat three to four meals, three to four snacks, right? And that's really hard for them to kind of process. And I don't need, I don't feel like I need to get into any more information with them because if they're not taking that caloric intake, then I don't need to go, okay, well, you probably shouldn't be eating that or you shouldn't be eating that because the point where you start to nitpick it, it just gets too much and it overloads people. As far as like if they're wanting to weight loss, you know, it's a, it's a different type of um, mentality. You know, when, when are you eating? Timing is very important. When are you eating? How are you fueling? Um, you know, I also like to plug them into certain apps that they, you know, might be good at looking at, but I usually, as far as nutrition, if they go into, um, first of all, I have to, I have to have them write it down for me because I don't, I don't want to say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. So many don'ts just cancels out everything and it's an overload. So look at what they're already doing and then we can change it from there. And there's all things that you can make better. Right. So I don't dig that deep or that intricate into nutrition from that standpoint. I think another thing that's really important with, you know, um, athletic development that people don't talk about a lot is sleep. Oh, yeah. Um, like quality of sleep. Yeah, I think sleep is very important. And of course, when I was first in the military, all my buddies used to always joke me about taking naps every day. And what actually ended up turning out was that I had a sleep issue, whereas um, I sleep with a CPAP. Um, and after like a couple of my buddies retired out the military, they came back and said, man, you know, I've been taking naps every day since I retired and I, I feel so much better. I feel so much. And y'all was joking on me for doing that every day <laughs> at work, especially like when yeah. we're doing a lot of physical stuff, mm -hmm. you know, so it's all about like, the self, self-healing, you know, self-care and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. So I was always into that when I was younger. I just didn't know how to dive into it properly, but I've always listened to my body also. So if something hurt, uh, hey, this hurts, I'm listening to my body. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Oh, got to take a nap. I'm not forcing myself to stay awake, <laughs> you know? So right. I'm a big proponent in that also. Yeah. Now, what do you... Well, how do you look at the sleep side of it? Whereas do you think you can go to bed like every night, eight, nine o'clock and then perform the next day? Or do you just say, just get a accumulation of eight hours? Because some people probably will take two or three here, work so much and come back another hour there, work so much and then do that throughout the day as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not an expert on it, but uh, I did hear a very interesting podcast um, not too long ago, and it was really laying out kind of where you hit that that deep sleep, or I guess he was maybe calling it his REM sleep. And again, I'm not a I'm not a professional in this, but I thought it was very interesting. He was saying it was around kind of that seven to eight hours 
you know, we always hear, you know, you want to get six, six, I think is pretty on the low end, but anywhere from, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, another thing that he had said that I thought was really interesting. And again, I don't think I've necessarily tried it personally on myself, but I've started to kind of use it with some of my clients is, is um, he used one of the, the things to say, you know, everybody's a little bit different on how much sleep they need. And he said that if you eat lunch and um, you are tired after lunch, then maybe there wasn't enough sleep to begin with. Um, so it was using that as like a guideline to say, how do you feel after you've eaten lunch? Did you, you know, is that enough sleep? If that was six and a half hours and you go to seven the next time and you're still feeling tired, then maybe seven and a half, then you're still feeling tired. Maybe it's eight, maybe you're an eight person. You know, younger kids need more sleep. And um, the another thing that he had mentioned as well, um, and I, I wish I had his name offhand. I don't, I don't have his name offhand. Um, he, it was a, an interview for, uh, through this uh, NSCA, I think. And um, he had said that you have a sleep bank. So you have a certain amount of hours that you can kind of get um, anything outside of that. You're not going to be able to get it back. So yes, you can take naps if you were to only get, you know, five hours of sleep, you can take certain naps throughout the day to replenish that bank. But after a certain while, if you're going two hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, you're not going to be able to get, you know, the benefits of sleeping from a up sleeping pattern. So I don't know, it doesn't necessarily depends on the time you go to sleep. I think it may just depend on the duration that you are asleep and stay asleep. Yeah, that's, I was about to say that's what it sounds like. It's just how long you can actually stay asleep regardless of when you sleep. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You know, um, when I was in the military, they did a study on us and they actually encouraged us to take naps. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we could do like a two hour nap. It, it was literally like five minutes here, 15 minutes there. And mm-hmm. it was in between whatever we was doing. So like we was out doing some training whatever the case may be um after we refitted or whatever if you had a little bit of downtime okay you could take a five minute break 10 minute break but nobody would disturb you once they see you with your head back or your head down because that was part of the study like okay just let them rest and see how they perform after the fact and it was after six or seven months they came back and they started asking a bunch of questions because we know we was keeping journals and everything and I don't remember what came of that study, but I just know like one day one of the soldiers was trying to take a nap and he got in trouble for it because like the study period was over. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, sorry, no more napping. We're yeah, so, it was one oh, of those man. type things. But also what, when I was in the military, we was getting a, a hour and a half lunch break whenever we wasn't in the field doing any training. So part of my routine regularly, not all the time, I would eat lunch. And it'll be something close by fast, just so I can say I ate. And then I will either go to the parking lot or find a quiet spot and just go to sleep for like about 45 minutes or so. Wake mm-hmm. up, you know, get myself back together and then go back to work and I'm good. You know, I, I've done that for years, <laughs> like yeah. regardless of where I was at, but I've always done that. And yeah. it, like I said, it worked for me. One of the one of the things he said that I thought was kind of funny as well um, was he had he had used the term nappuccino, which I had never heard before. No, I he never heard of that either. Drink caffeine before take a fifteen to twenty minute nap, 
And by the time the caffeine had kicked in, that's about the time you're waking. So it kind of mm. takes a little bit of that grogginess when, you know, because for me, if I were to sleep in the middle of the day, I wouldn't have my day ever straight. Right. So it'd be kind of like a little odd, you know, but it, the caffeine kicks in at that point and then you just go about your day. And I thought that was a very interesting thing that he had mentioned as well. Now, what about the people who don't drink coffee? Like I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, caffeine in like a green tea or a, yeah. you know, so somewhere same, that same effect, tea. So, yeah. 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 Anything that has is, is caffeinated. Gotcha. Yeah. The first thing, as soon as you say caffeine, I'm like, Oh, I don't drink coffee. Yeah. I'm that person. <laughs> <laughs> good, good for you. Uh, I'm always, I gotta have my coffee in the morning. Oh man. Oh, man. oh yeah. So, um, Anything else you want to bring forth as far as anybody who is in the shooting realm looking for any form of training, personal training, self-recovery, or anything along that line that you want to share with the good people? Um, you know, as far as training is concerned, just, you know, um, showing your videos, showing your competition videos to the person who is going to train you. Um, and that should help them you know, get an idea of, instead of just a preconceived notion of, okay, well, you run through targets and, you know, if you don't see it, it's, it's, for me, it's hard to know how to program for it, you know? And so I think showing them your videos is a very important thing. And you just come in and, and, you know, kind of leave them to their expertise, but, but have those conversations and say, I, I see this in my training and I feel like this is helping me in my training. You know, because I have those conversations with you. Do you feel like that this is helping you? And, you know, there are some things that you say, yeah, this is really helping me or, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's really helping me. You know what I mean? And so when those conversations that, again, helps me kind of develop, you know, your program going forward. Um, you know, as far as recovery is concerned, you know, I think because you do travel a lot, you know, making sure, I don't know if you, you take your own pillows where you go or have your sound machines or uh, we've talked about having a foam roller in your bag. You know, because we use a foam roller when you come in. That's one of the things that we use as kind of a um, a tool to get you ready, but it can also be a recovery tool as well. Right. Um, and I think bands are always a good thing to have as well. Um, just kind of getting the shoulders stretched out after traveling to wherever your competition is. Um, and those are things that can be easily packed. Right. Um, so there's an artillery, I think. Oh, and the lacrosse ball. We've talked about having a lacrosse ball in your bag as well um, and kind of using that for some of your like soft tissue stuff and shoulders hips, back, knees, whatever it is. I find that is one of the easiest massage tools that you can take with you from, um, from a recovery standpoint and kind of getting you ready for range of motion. Yeah. And like so. I said, I, I have all that stuff with me ready to go. So we got yeah. like, um, two foam rollers. So yeah. one short one, one long one. And like I said, I'm, I think I'm ready for the world now. <laughs> there you go. You're feeling, feeling good. Yeah, that's, that's right. It, that's and that's, it. you know, that's what it's around at competition day. You want to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. All right. So now if the good people want to contact you and ask you specific questions in relation to training or the services you provide and where you are willing to go or they have to come to you, how can they reach out to you to actually set up any form of communication with you? Okay. Uh, probably my email address would be the best. Uh, email address is C. E Williams 818 at gmail.com. And I would have to say, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not a very big social media person at the moment. 
I think the only thing I have on my Instagram is um, my picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I don't think I'd refer anybody there. Uh, it is Get Me Nots 803. If anybody wants to look it up. But um, I haven't haven't ventured into setting that actually up. But uh, probably my email address would be the best way to get in touch with me at the moment. And then um, kind of going from there. Um, I can also do my, my cell phone as well. Uh, my cell phone is, um, you know, 336-880-6919. And that might be a good uh, for local people to kind of get in touch with me. Um, I train at a local gym called Baseline Fitness. We're right off of Rosewood. And um, kind of, a, as, as you know, kind of a neat setup. It's not a very um, intricate gym, but we have everything we need. Yeah. And it's one of those places where I appreciate it because there hasn't been one time I went in there and there's the gym guy that's looking for the attention or trying to show off I can lift this many weights. And it was like everybody that has came in there was like, this is my goal. This is my agenda. I'm in and I'm out. And that's one right. thing I really did like about that environment. Yep. Hey, yep. That's, that's yeah. it right there. So um, once again, I want to thank Curry, the personal trainer, for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And I'm pretty sure we're going to bring you back on probably a little bit after the summer, going yeah. into the fall time frame, to yeah. do a rehash of what took place between now and then and do a comparison. So the good okay. people can actually see the benefit of what's taking place and how the communication of what what I'm seeking and my goals and how everything is lining up together. All right. That sounds good. All right. So um, without further ado, for everybody else, um, go ahead and contact Curry by email or phone if you live in the Columbia, South Carolina area. If not, just go ahead, stay in your seats, turn your volumes up, and here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. 
Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The Gun Cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.